Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode seven of Pigskin's Picks. As always, we are your hosts. I'm Ryan. And I'm Dave. And today we will be talking about the NFC West, the opposite side of the country here for this division. Now, before we get into that, uh, unfortunately, we do have some tragic news coming out of the NFL today. Dave, if you want to take it away and talk about uh, the events that occurred. Yeah, I can take that away. It's uh, a sad day for the NFL family. Ex-backup in Arkansas great Ryan Mallett sadly passed away today at the age of, I believe, 35. Uh, people that may remember Mr. Mallett from being the absolute phenomenal quarterback for the University of Arkansas. He actually, funny, started his career at Ryan's favorite place, Michigan, and played a little bit, but um, it wasn't until he transferred. And when he transferred, he, they still had to, to sit out for a year rule. So he actually sat yeah. out 2008. So 2009, 2010, his two years at Arkansas, he balled out like crazy. He threw for 7,400 yards. He threw for 62 touchdowns. He threw only 19 picks. Uh, I mean, absolute phenomenal career. Uh, he started off, uh, he took Arkansas to an 8-5 and five season and then a 10-3 and three season. And ultimately, they made the Sugar Bowl, which or the Cotton Bowl, which was the first time they had made a major bowl game in Ah, forever. Um, sadly, they lost the game to Ohio State, thirty-one twenty-six. But um, our thoughts and prayers are with the Mallet family. Uh, people from the NFL may know him best as being drafted by the New England Patriots in two thousand eleven in the third yep. round. He yep. spent some time in New England until about twenty thirteen. Then he went to, I believe, the Texans and then finished his career with the Ravens. Ravens, yeah. And what he uh, was currently doing was he was coaching a high school down in Florida. So it definitely is. Uh, it's rough to see just because he was an absolute star of a player. He's like one of the first guys. I mean, I, I Ryan and I were both, you know, in our, our late 20s now. But I just remember in that 2009-2010 era, back when Cam Newton was at Auburn as well, um, that it, Mallet was incredible. And I remember he, thinking, like, oh, Arkansas is not that good of a team, but this guy can sure sling the football. So it's, uh, it's a sad day for the NFL community. It's a sad day for – the uh, college community, and again, our thoughts and prayers are with the Mallet family. But uh, the show must go on. So, Ryan, with that, you want to take us away with the Arizona Cardinals? I sure will. And just as Dave said, thoughts and prayers are with the Mallet family today. And, you know, kind of sad we got deprived of year, another year of him at Arkansas. And unfortunately, if, only if the portal was around in oh, 2007, 2008, we could have we seen some Really magical numbers from the kid. But again, thoughts and prayers are what I'm 35, way too young. But as Dave said, uh, we're talking about the NFC West today. And we're just going to get them over with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, this team's not I'm looking to do anything this year, I think. Bad football team. Uh, yeah, they're, they're just they're a bad football team, like you said, Dave. Uh, their additions... Um, you didn't really add too much uh, other than you got a lineman in Kelvin Beecham, a seasoned vet on the offensive line who can provide some protection for whoever's at the helm when the season starts. Cause I don't think it's going to be Kyler. And then when Kyler comes back, obviously uh, you want to keep him as healthy as possible coming off a torn ACL. Uh, the other addition for the Cardinals, I know I roasted Dave for this a couple weeks ago. But uh, it's a kicker, Matt Prater. Wow, it, look at that. Look how the table's turned, man. You you out here talking all that crap when I benched a kicker, and you said the best addition they can have is a I'm kicker. Gonna, I'm going to quote Steve. I'm going to quote the great Steve Carell. Oh, how the turntables have turned. <laughs> and uh, this, this is one of the biggest additions for the Cardinals, sadly. I mean... He's a good kicker, 84% for his career. Oh, he's that's a great pretty kicker. good. But that's just and saying something if that's the best. The best. It's what they got. I mean, this team is – I'm just going to jump right into their over-under. Just take the under. As of right now, it's four and a half. I, I don't – I think this team's ceiling is three wins, maybe. You lost J.J. Watt. You lost DeAndre Hopkins. You lost Byron Murphy. 
Buda Baker is probably going to end up getting shipped out. Really? I think he'll be shipped out by midseason. If he's not shipped out before the year, yeah. he's already expressed to I mean, out. you have Isaiah Simmons making the transition to defensive back. He has no business playing DB. He's now, a great safety linebacker, like hybrid, but yeah, he's, he's got not. no he's got no business playing. God, is he gonna be the back. one? He may have to be or the two. I, that's how bad this team is. But I mean, they do have a couple draft picks. No, the point uh, is they, they they realize that they're going towards a rebuild, and they've already started to accumulate, and that was I think evident this year with the the the, the trading back. Because um, they're just trying to accumulate picks at this point. They're like, hey, we know we're going to snake. Yeah, and they're they're really just trying to make the most out of a just an absolutely crappy situation that they have. You know, it, this this happens with football teams. You go through, um, you go through lulls, and right now the Arizona Cardinals are going through one. But they did. I do believe they did get a very good lineman in the draft, Paris Johnson, out of Ohio State. Arguably one of the best tackles in the draft uh, protected C.J. Stroud. Really gave him a clean pocket. And again, just beefed up the line for, you know, Kyler and whoever is under center uh, during week one. So I think they're just trying to, like you said, they're trying to get pieces to build around there. And that's really all they can do. Another pick I do like. B.J. Ojolari out of S, uh, out of the SEC played for LSU. Uh, his brother is Aziz Ojolari, if you guys don't know, who is a defensive end slash linebacker on the New York Giants. But Ojolari at LSU did have 58 tackles and five and a half sacks in his season last year, so pretty good numbers for his position. I think he comes off the edge a little more than his brother did, but Shifty guy, I think he can add some depth and skill to that Cardinals defense, which, you know, lost their best defender. So, again, they're just trying to find ways to scrap together at least three or four wins, maybe. They're most likely looking at the, the number of one or two pick in the draft. So, I mean, I don't even see how they look at the two. And right now, Ryan, this is a fun fact. Cardinals are the favorite to have the worst record in football, and I believe they're plus 200. And I would be lying if I have not thought about just tossing them out because the next closest team is the Raiders at, like, plus 600. And to me, it's, it's those teams are night and day. Like, the Raiders may not be, are not going to be a good team this year, in my opinion, but the Cardinals are going to suck. And the Raiders are twice the football team that the Cardinals are. They just have a quarterback. Yeah, it's not. It's that's crazy that the Raiders are too. I'm actually shocked by that. Uh, yeah, I was a little. I mean, it, like, a lot of teams can fall into like that plus six fifty, plus seven hundred, plus seven fifty. Like it's a really like I'll say five six teams that are like in that same thing. It was just the Raiders are number two. I just feel like it's such a big drop off between the Cardinals and them getting four and a half is their over under. I, I just they went four and thirteen last year. And you think they're going to win five games? Yeah, you expect them to get better? Like, this team got significantly worse. I mean, Ryan, you said it perfectly. They lost their, what, best best three players? Because I'm, I'm counting Kyler. Kyler's not starting the season. I mean, and I understand. They hit the reset button. They brought in um, Gannon? Yes, Gannon. I was, was going to say Steichen, but he went to Indy. Yeah, no, I mean, like, in, let's be honest here. They have to know, like, it's going to be rough this year. Like, he's starting to get the footing. But, like, there can be no expectations in Arizona that, like, the Cardinals are going to be vying for a playoff spot or, or trying to win the West. I mean, if they, if that's what management was expecting, they're just idiots. And I mean, I guess, I guess the biggest talking point about the Cardinals, you can say, is – are they going to keep one or keep one and trade Kyler or keep Kyler and trade one? Here's the thing. Remember, they gave all those big extensions just two years ago to Kyler, to Cliff Kingsbury, the Colorado did. Yep. So they've been shown that anytime there's a little bit of life, they are very susceptible to just going all in. 
So I, I think it's with new management. I just think I would ship Kyler. If you got the one, you ship Kyler. Unless you're going to get some absolutely astronomical package for the one, which they may be because, you know, right now Caleb Williams looks like he'll be the number one pick. And then barring some crazy phenomenon, he should be the number one pick. As long as he stays healthy, and he should be. But I don't know why I'm going to go in my depth now about them. Four and a half, I'm with Ryan. It's take the under. Like, I don't see this team. This team may go two and 15. Like, the Bears were the worst, had the worst record last year at three and 14. And the Bears are just significantly better than the Cardinals roster. This Cardinals roster is not good. Oh, it's I, horrendous. And if Dave remembers from last year, Dave, who did I say was going to have the worst record in the NFL last year? You just said Chicago Bears. And actually, funny enough, we said the Bears week one, and then they won week one, and we were like, oh, no, we're going to be wrong. And guess what? The Bears were the worst team in football. Well, didn't they, they lost, what, 10 in a row? Something, Something like that. But, again, yeah. their roster is just significantly better than the Cardinals. I mean, oh, yeah. So my additions. Because, again, they did, did get, like, a few good little pieces. Kazir White, the linebacker from the Eagles, um, it's a pretty good deal, two years. Uh, you know, he's been a good linebacker. It makes a lot of sense because if Gannon's over there, that's why White went over. I mean, he had a really solid season last year, 110 tackles, seven pass deflections. But, like, he's going to bring some depth and, like, just uh, ability to this depleted linebacking core for the Cardinals. And he should be, I, in my opinion, the leader of the defense because I don't expect Buda Baker to be there anymore. Now, Buda Baker's probably the leader still if he's there and they could play well off each other, but there's just so many holes. Um, another addition I have, and this is going to sound crazy because his numbers are absolutely crap, but it's just long-time journeyman, uh, Zach Paschal. Uh, you may ask, why? Why, Dave, would you say Zach Paschal, who had, I think, 150 receiving yards last year uh, on, like, 10 catches? Why would you say he would be because of his height, people, he's 6'2", 210. The reason I bring that up is the Cardinals' starting rotation of wide receivers this year is 5'7", Greg Dortch, 5'7", Rondell Moore, and 5'9", Hollywood Brown. So, yeah, you want to know what you just described there? You described... Me. Me playing football. It's a bunch well, of no, bees no, no. out I there. Was gonna say, I was going to say you described the three Oompa Loompas and then Willy Wonka standing behind them. That's Zach Pascal. <laughs> Zach Pascal is... Willy Wonka standing behind the three Oompa Loompas because he is five inches taller than any other receiver on that football team. That's the again, and this I like. I love Rondell Moore. I think Greg George is a pretty good wide receiver. I think Tyler Brown is going to have a great year this year. But there's absolutely no height. And the funny thing is, no. Oh, what about jump balls? Uh, yeah, Ronald Moore's not winning a jump ball. Hollywood Brown's not really a great jump ball guy. Greg George is actually the best jump ball guy of the three of them, and he may be the shortest of the three. I know I said they're both five seven, him and more, but he may be a little bit shorter. So um, Zach Pascal also just gives some depth because you lost D Hop. D Hop didn't even play a full year last year and still led the team in receiving in every major category, and he missed six games. Archers, Ryan brought up the best thing: the two biggest guys, D Hop and, and JJ Watt. I mean, really, two Hall of Famers gone. That's fine. I got a guy. Again, doesn't really make sense because your White helps kind of fill the hole, but like, there's still no depth there. And that's um, Ben Neiman. He goes to the Titans. So the Cardinals lose a guy with 70 tackles last year, which was fifth most on the team. So now you're going to get rid of a top five tackler. I understand you bring White in, and I said I really like that addition because I do. But they're so thin at linebacker. Why let it go a guy who obviously is a pretty good player? I don't I don't, I don't, don't really know. Um, I know they got B.J. Olari as well. So if he plays more linebacker, I guess I guess that makes up for it. But I don't know. Uh, the other loss, because Ryan, you mentioned J.J. Watt. I'm going to mention another guy in the defensive line because it's just like, all right, this front seven really is just so thin in their positions. Zach Allen. Now, people, if you watched the Cardinals all last year, Zach Allen really came out of the scene in the second half of the year. Really good season, man. He had 47 tackles, five and a half sacks, 10 for loss, eight pass deflections. So the reason I bring that up is – with Watt and Allen, they were the top two sack guys. So you lost 18 sacks between the two of them. You lost 30 tackle for losses and 20 pass deflections. Wh- who's making up for that? Like, what does this team even have? Like, like they have a like a few like good players. They have what? A three that I can think of off the top of my head. It's it's bad, and man. Pushing it. I mean, this brings in the draft picks. Because I know I said Zach Pascal. I mean, one guy I liked is the Michael Wilson pick out of the wide receiver from Stanford. 
because again, they're all short. And Wilson's at least six two. I was say, Wilson's a big boy, right? He's six two, two ten. He's had, he had a good career. He had a good career at Stanford. He, I think he was underrated at Stanford, I think. Like he, he was why though? He was why because of injury. So like, I know I like that you bring him in and you draft him, and they didn't they didn't draft overdraft him. Like I think they got him at a good spot. I would consider it. Um, good career at Stanford: one hundred thirty four catches, sixteen hundred yards, eleven touchdowns. But like he only played four games his junior year and four games his senior year and then six games last year. And last year was looking really good, and then he, of course, got hurt. So, like, the guy played five years in college, and over the last three years, he's played 14 games. Some guys play 14 games in a season in college. So, like, if he can stay healthy, he will be playing a lot. You have to put him out there. Like, But I don't know who's playing quarterback for this team, too. Like, that's another thing. Um you know, you mentioned Paris Johnson. This is a guy that I really like they brought in to help with this offensive line that's not very good. Now, Paris Johnson's going to be there for years and years and years and should be an absolute stud. I think the fourth-round pick of John Gaines could also be a diamond in the rough. The reason I bring that up is he was the anchor of the UCLA O-line that was the finalist for the Joe Moore Award, the best O-line unit. Now, I know that was ended up going to Ryan the University of Michigan for the second straight year. Yes, but LSU came in second, and that was mostly because of John John Gaines. He played 44, 44 starts. What I thought was so great about him was his versatility. He played right guard, he played right tackle, and he played center. So, I mean, he, this guy's played all the positions you can play on the line. Because, again, like I said a few episodes ago, if you play on the right, you can play, play on the left, though I would rather keep him on the right. Um, also... This is a crazy stat I read about him. Gaines had played over 2,300 snaps. He left five sacks in his college career. Um, and I, again, he'll, right now he's slated to start behind Will Hernandez. Uh, but I just don't think that's going to last because it's he might think He might start week one. Will Hernandez is so up and down. It's ridiculous. It's, you know, it depends. Like when Will's good, Will's really good. But Will's also really inconsistent, like Ryan said. <laughs> human being and like i said it's just not even a question they're gonna go three and 14 maybe two and 15 i just don't see wins on this this schedule like this schedule is not good for them but anyhow i'm gonna go to the rams i just i can't even talk about them anymore uh the cardinals so the rams five and 12 last year the over-unders right now are six and a half fandles got them at plus 104 season at plus 105 found it interesting i Again, they were so injury-prone last year. So, like, Vegas like, oh, they can get two more wins. But, like, they also lost a billion people. I mean, Ryan, this is hilarious. They had three additions this offseason. And one was from a trade. One of them was from a trade for Hunter Long, tied in from Miami. The only problem is he has no stats. Hunter Long has zero stats. <laughs> but I can't comment on that. They did, did resign um, right guard. Cole, Coleman Shelton. Um, and the reason I bring that up is because he is a starting, he's the starting right guard. Uh, but he did give up four sacks last year, which was tied for the seventh most in the league from a single player. Um, so hopefully that number goes down because if not, Matt Stafford's going to die again for the second straight season. He dies every year. It's just, it's, 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 I don't know, man. It blows my mind. Um, and that's all you have for additions. Departures, uh, there's a thousand. I mean, the Rams literally have, I feel like, 30 guys who left the team. Um, and then they brought nobody in. I mean, this is... Fun fact. This, this may be one of the worst two-year turnarounds from a Super Bowl that I've ever oh, seen. They, they, sold their, they literally sold their soul to the devil for a Super Bowl. And I, before well, you, damn, what, what did they say? Uh, F them picks. Well, now... <laughs> well, you need them picks now. I mean, this is, like, the, my opinion, the biggest departure was Leonard Floyd. Why did they let Leonard Floyd go? Outside of Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd has been an absolute fantastic player for the Rams. I mean, really, just a consistent, really good player. Last year, he had nine sacks, which led the team, again, uh, 59 tackles. In his, in his three-year career with the Rams, he had 29 tackle, sacks. And the only guy of, outside of Aaron Donald consistently. Um, and this was a team that was bottom 10 in sacks. So now you just got rid of your best pass rusher. 
because I know Aaron Donald is, is the best pass rusher, but like the only guy who can get any pressure besides Aaron Donald, you got rid of, and your team was bottom ten in sacks. Make that make sense. As well as they let the the great Bobby Wagner go. Now it's funny, Ryan. Bobby Wagner signed that deal with the Rams. I never realized how absolutely insane of a season Bobby Wagner had last year. Oh, you, you would have no idea. You would have, have no idea because the team was so bad. And like, I don't know if they're going to be like they should be a little bit better, but like, I don't know much Wait, better. They have 140 tackles. 140 tackles, six sacks, five pass deflections, two picks, ten tackles for loss. Holy moly! That I could talk about it here. And then, again, they're hitting the reset button. It's obvious. They're cutting age. So they're hitting the reset button, but it's like they're half resetting. Like, they should just trade away all their fucking assets that they can. Uh, you know, get get what you can for cup. And I don't know, man. Oh, God, it's just, it just drives me insane. They do have a couple of good picks. I will give them that. Steve Avilia from TCU. Yeah. Um, they need to bolster their offensive line. They gave the third most sacks in football last year. I mean, they gave it 59 sacks, which was only – three less than the lead. So, like, they pretty much gave it the most sacks. Now, I like <laughs> Avila a lot. 6'3", 335, big boy. He left guiding TCU to the, the college national championship. Gave up zero sacks. Zero. Zero sacks all season. That's just really impressive. And in his career, he's played both guard. Both guards tackle some center. So again, a versatility guy as well. There's a reason the Rams went and drafted him when they did, because it's like, oh, hey, our offensive line is not very good, and obvious this is a, a, a really should help us. Um, this leads me, uh, and he should start at left guard this year. So, I mean, we were talking about a rookie, I think it was a second-round pick. He'll be starting day one. Um, now, this leads me to the second rookie that I really do like, and that is Wake Forest defensive tackle, Colby Turner. Now, the reason I like him is because of his story, Ryan. Started as a walk-on at Richmond. Small school. Absolutely dominates at Richmond. In three years, there, he had 158 tackles, which for a nose tackle, DT, that is absurd, by the way. D- that, nose tackles, especially in college, are not getting over 50 tackles a season. And he had 15 sacks, also really high for a guy, who a walk-on, by the way, and was the co-defensive player of the year in uh, 2021 in the CAA, which is where Richmond plays. Then he goes to, then he transfers to Wake, plays in the ACC, a significantly better conference, puts up 38 tackles, 10 tackles for loss, two sacks, and was a third team all ACC. But, so we see the kid shows he can work his ass off and, and play well with good competition. But this is the reason why I'm so excited about him going to this team. He's going to learn by the most def- dominant defensive tackle of his generation and maybe the, the second greatest defensive player of all time, Aaron Donald. You don't think Colby Turner is going to ask everything possible to learn from Aaron Donald, how he's been so dominant? But over under time, I will say I'm taking the under because I don't – it's at plus money. I, 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 I want to take it, but you're 5-12 and 12 last year. I know you had a lot of injuries. You lost. Donald didn't play a good portion of the season. Cup was obviously hurt. Stafford was hurt. I think even with these adi- them back, though, I just don't see two more wins. Like, they got a tough schedule. They're, I don't think they're beating the Seahawks or the Niners. So, like, maybe you get your two wins against Arizona. But the, I, they got to play the whole AFC North, and I don't think they beat any of the teams in the North. And not even a team like Cleveland, because I think Cleveland's just significantly better than them. I think the whole North is going to sweep them. And then they got to play... Uh, against the NFC East, which the Eagles are better than them, the Cowboys are better than them, the Giants are probably better than them too. Maybe the Commanders is a win. I mean, that's three wins right now I just mentioned. Uh, and the only way I see them even having a chance is Stafford's got to be 100% healthy and ball out. And I don't I don't know. I think that Matt Stafford is, is no longer here. So I think it's just a rebuild. Um, and I'm taking the under there. So, Ryan, what's your take on the – Los Angeles Rams, 2021 Super Bowl team. So, as you mentioned before, uh, no real, no additions. So, uh, we can make that short and sweet. You forgot to mention your FSU boy, uh, Jalen Ramsey. Obviously, was part of the big trade to, I don't even want to call it a big trade. Cause it's not a big trade for them. Be, they just said we're getting rid of him for, not, for a bag yeah, of peanuts. Almost basically a, a cap dump for a third-round pick and a man with no stats. So uh, there you go, Les Need. You got a pick. 
You got a pick that they used this year, right? It was next year's pick. I think it was this year's pick. So, um, I know this might sound crazy, but another departure solely for the depth of this position. Allen Robinson, obviously, he stunk last year. Uh, it's just, it's another body. It would have been another body for them to have. And I think maybe what healthy Stafford all year could have put up better numbers, but the world may never know about that one. I mean, I would hope he put up, would put up better numbers than 200 yards on the year. Well, you said he was going to have 1,300, so. You know, I said last week, Ryan, that I, it was the biggest swing and miss of my career. Sorry, sorry, sorry for bringing that up. All right, let me jump into the two draft picks that the Rams actually had. One of them being another Georgia Bulldog. This is a man to back up Matthew Stafford in case he does die again. Stetson Bennett, the leader of the back-to-back Georgia Bulldog team. Uh, I, I think it's a good fit for him because, one, he is going to be in a position where he's – I don't want to say he's comfortable in because it's kind of harsh, but he was a backup for four years. So it's like he knows how to be a backup. And I think him learning under Stafford, another Georgia Bulldog, will be really good for his career development. And I, I think potentially when the time comes, I think he's going to be perfectly fine. Now, I, I think, Ryan, I think look at last year and who they had playing for them with Stafford was hurt. I mean, Baker Mayfield. I think Bennett's better than Mayfield. I think Bennett. Oh, I think this team would run better with him at quarterback than what they've I, had the last couple of seasons to back up Stafford. I, I think so. I think I think a, a big part of a game, his game that you know it, it adds to the Rams' offense. Uh, he can run. Like we've said it before, he can he can scoot out of the pocket and you know make plays with his feet. Now another another pick to bolster this position group. A he was a former five star running back coming out of high school. Uh, Zach Evans out of Ole Miss. I he forgot was, they picked him. That's a really good pick, by the way. Part of one of the top five to six backfield country. Uh, unfortunately, he was the number two behind Quentin. Quishan Quish, Judkins, I believe his name is. I know his last name is Judkins. I forgot his first name. Sorry about that. And he actually led the SP in yards per carry uh, with six and a half, which I thought was just absolutely ridiculous that the SEC gave up six and a half yards per carry. But he also measured 10th in the nation in that metric, which I thought was really cool too, and actually showed how dynamic Ole Miss's run game was, but I think he's going to be a good number two behind Cam Akers. And I think, you know, two, three years on the road, if Akers stays, you potentially have a good one-two punch there. I think so, he's going to play a lot. I, 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 he's, I good. he's number two, and, like, this team, they're, look at their weapons. They're not very good. I mean, Tyler Higby's a solid tight end. Uh, Cup's phenomenal. We know that. Uh, Wide receivers, either Tutu Atwell or uh, Ben Skranach. So, like, Evans is going to be on the field. I just don't see how you don't put him on the field. No, I 100%. And I'm just going to jump into the over-under. I don't really see this team winning maybe more than five games. I see them going 5-12 and 12 again, obviously. As they mentioned before, you have Cooper Cup. You have Aaron Donald. But, okay, give him six. Give him six. Six and 11. Uh, I think that's possible. Um, they have a slight problem. They have seven million dollars in dead cap money. That's insane, man. That's so you. Bad. They are literally living in the definition cap hell, and they just need to get through the season. You know, like we said, the "fuck them picks" motto really—it's coming to bite. It's coming to bite them in the ass now. It, it really is. But as we said. The under is very much in play for this team of six and a half. So take the under on the Rams. Now, I'm just going to jump in to it, Dave, and I'm not going to waste time. The next team in this division, I think, is going to be representing the NFC. Hot take alert. In the Super Bowl. And that is the team out of the Bay Area. 
the San Francisco 49ers. Now, the Niners added Javon Hargrave. Now, who did Javon Hargrave play for here, Dave? The Philadelphia Eagles. A man who basically shut them down during the championship game. Literally clogged up every run, run lane possible. I know Purdy got hurt, so it does, you know. And you didn't have a, they didn't have a guy throw a football, Ryan, because then Johnson got hurt. I mean, they really didn't have a guy throw a football. No, McCaffrey, I know, I know. McCaffrey was warming up to be the quarterback. But you had Hargrave, and now it's arguably the best defensive line in football. So, the best play of the year. And Hargrave's deal, by the way, I think geez. it's not like a crazy deal at all. Four for 84, 40 guaranteed. I thought he got five. No, four for 84. Yeah, really? I mean, no, they, if they would hold five years on that, that would have been actually stupid. Stupidly well, steal. Compared to uh, the numbers they're throwing out for Bosa's next contract. Oh, yeah, uh, it's not even. It's, you know, it's. Bosa's next contract maybe double. Double. They're going to have to back up the, the Brinks truck into San Francisco for that one. Dude, this but, D line. Look at this D line, Ryan. It's ridiculous. It's I mean, ridiculous. We already know. We already know they have a, the best one-two punch at linebacker in football. And, and now you have Bosa. If Armstead can play don't, a full don't season, about the all pro safety. What? Don't forget about the all pro safety too. Yeah. No. It's. Oh my God. Can't Devon Kinlaw, who who I know rotates in, but you have they, they're dead. Like they're what is the, they're like the Eagles last year. Just remember the Eagles just were so deep on that D line, they were able to oh. overwhelm people. The Niners were pretty much there, but now, like, they just have more depth. And just, oh, God, it's going to be so fun to watch. Oh, it's uh, – San Francisco is going to be a real bitch to play against this year. But another addition to where, you know, in case your first two quarterbacks do get hurt and you don't have Josh Johnson trying to warm up in an NFC Championship game, they had the same Darnold. Uh, right now – Depending on who you talk to, he's QB2. Some say he's QB3. Again, Schefter. According to Schefter, he was QB2, apparently. I don't know. Obviously, it's early still. Well, are they having Purdy as QB1? Because I've also heard reports that Purdy may not play this year. I've heard, or I've heard and seen Purdy, when he comes back, will be the starter. Ain't that now, crazy? Remember, remember it was only a few years ago they traded all that stuff for Trey Lance, and it's just... If you make Trey Lance QB3, just ship him out of there. Give give the kid the chance to play. You know what? Send him to Arizona. They might need a quarterback. They might be right. Um, but, I mean, Darnold just adds depth to the quarterback position. And I think he, you know, it's easy, I think, for a quarterback to thrive under Shanahan's system. Just because Shanahan's really good at you know calling offensive plays, but Sam Darnold also has skill. Like Sam played really well last year at the end of the year. If you recall, when he took over the job in yeah. Carolina, like was... remember we talked about this with Carolina, and I knew they I knew they were going to draft you know a pick at one that they were going to, but they didn't have to because like Darnold played to me like his best football in Carolina, and now he's going to play potentially be on a team that's just got. Weapons everywhere on all three levels. Yeah, if he does have to play, like that's a really that may be the best backup quarterback in football, the best situation at least. Oh yeah, because again, something that they don't really talk about with Darnold, he can run too. He showed that in Carolina, and he'll also lower the shoulder. He will hit he, you. He's a big boy. He is. But. I'm going to move into some downsides for the Niners, and that's their departure. Now, they lost Samson at Bucom. You know, you only lose about 36 tackles and five and a half sacks last year. But, again, that D-line, excuse me, that D-line rotated. So, realistically, if the D-line doesn't rotate as much as it did, he's probably going to put up, you know, somewhere around 60 tackles and close to probably eight and a half, nine sacks. Um, it was he, just, he made the most of his time. Yeah, it's a good it's a good depth piece to have. Obviously, I've become moved on to Indianapolis, I believe. But it would have been nice to have him. Obviously, the NFL doesn't work like that. You can't keep everybody. Another name for the Niners, and this might scare me a little bit, Mike McGlinchey. Now, 
you're saying, oh, why, why would you say that, right? That old line was banged up at points last year. Like, they had trouble staying healthy during the season, right? Mm-hmm. And just with McGlinchey leaving, it just makes me a little nervous in case some of those old linemen go down. But, I mean, it's the Niners again. They figure out ways to just find people and just plug and play. And speaking of just plugging and playing, I'm going to jump right in to a safety out of Penn State and their first draft pick, Jair Brown. Now, Brown's stats were actually kind of nuts for playing in the Big Ten. He had 74 tackles. Four and a half sacks, seven tackles for loss, three pass deflections, and two interceptions. That's actually that's like quite. And remember what we do last week? We <laughs> raved about we raved about Joey Porter Jr. Just how good he was in the secondary. That may be more impressive as what Jair Brown did. Well, um, oh, he also ran a four four at the combine. Give him now, more speed. Give him more speed, man. It's four, fine. Four 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 forty. Now. You put him next to Hafunga, all pro safety. I mean, this the rich get richer. I Think about two. What'd you say? Brown had how many tackles last year? Seventy-four. So not afraid to hit you. And no. we know Hafunga is not afraid to hit you either. So now you got two hard-hitting oh, no. safeties. will. You get off the tracks when the trains come through when Hafunga's around. Damn, and then you have the two hard-hitting linebacks. Man, they got a guy. That defense is going to hit really hard. Now, now, now Dave. I'm going, say up, I'm going to bring up uh, – no, not yet, not yet, not yet. I'm going to bring up another draft pick that the Niners had. Jake Money Moody, the kicker out of the University of Michigan, gives the Niners a very good option for the place kicker position. Uh, Moody was the definition – of automatic inside 45 yards. Uh, it seems like the Niners don't really have a problem getting to that area, except sometimes they did struggle uh, in, you know, the, the 25 yards and in sets. But uh, anything inside 45, Jake Moody's your guy. Now, if you're, you're outside of 45, he does struggle a little bit, but most of his misses from outside of 50 – were from, you know, your 56, your 57s. Which, how many NFL guys are? There's not a lot. And, you know, most college guys aren't doing it. But here's the real guy I'm excited about, Dave. Don't you don't you say it. I swear to God. He really gets me going. Ronnie Bell. I hate you so much. You better be a joke. No, I'm, I'm completely kidding. Ronnie Bell might play seven snaps all year. Oh, actually, Ronnie Bell, you know, currently is actually the kick returner and punt returner. So, don't... Uh, you're right, it may only be seven snaps a game, Ryan, but well, I don't know the way the defense plays. They may, they may, he may be getting a lot of punt returns. He's, he is slated to be their special team return man. Oh, my dear. Oh, he did. Yeah, he did return. He was actually a good punt returner. No, he's, Cooper, so no, he's, a, he's not a great wide receiver at all, but, like, he's – He's not a good no, receiver because his hands okay. are not very good. But, like, he is kind of dangerous with the ball in his hands. So He can be, yeah. And um, jet sweeps. He loves he loves getting the handoff on a jet sweep. Let me tell you. And who likes to run jet sweeps, Ryan? Kyle Shanahan. Now you have Debo Samuel for that, but just you know, little change up, little change up won't hurt nobody. Yeah, exactly. But um, like I said, I think this team's gonna. I think this is gonna be the team that goes to the Super Bowl from the NFC. So I am all over the over. Uh, I don't. I see this team going 13 and four being the one seed in the NFL. It, it's going to be hard to beat them. It's just, I, I think they're out for blood this year, especially with just the roster that they have, the pieces that they added. They're filling, they're filling holes that they had last year. One of their biggest holes was they gave up a lot of big plays to number one wide receivers. It seems like, and for a, a, a defense like that, it was a little alarming because they had trouble stopping big plays and big games at times. And that that showed throughout the season. But I think with Steve Wilkes coming in, 
I think he's going to do a good job with the secondary that he has there because he had a good secondary in Carolina, and we saw how you know, that played out. Carolina, great defense over there, but I'm Check taking down the second half of the year. Yeah. I'm taking the over 10.5, taking the over 11.5. I mean, I might even sprinkle on the over 12.5, depending on. Well, if you've got going 13 and 4, take them over 13 and a half. No, 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 that's pushing it a little. I don't want to get too. I also, I mean, they're going to go 5 1 in the division. Like, they, if anything, they lose to the Seahawks in Seattle, which we all know is hard to play in. But, I mean, that's. That's really how I see it for the Niners. Now, Dave, how do you see it? Uh, I think it's funny. I'm just out the over-under because I agree 100% with you. By the way, over 10.5 on FanDuel is minus 142. You think, okay, that's fine. Over 11.5 on Caesars, plus 150. Well, I think they're, they're going to get 12 wins. I'm not uh, so sure. 13 to 4, I think, is, is very manageable because I agree. I think they go at least 5 and 1. You said, oh, it could be Seattle. They did beat Seattle three times last year, so let's not forget about that. And they, they beat them pretty bad. We'll, like, we'll get into Seattle, in, you know, in a few minutes here. But again, it, your division's so hard to, you know, go six and zero against. It's you almost you rarely see it. Oh, of course, of course. But I just think that at twelve wins, it's 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 they're gonna go over. I mean, they're get, gonna go over ten and a half. Like, there's just no way this team doesn't win again. Because worst case, you have Donald play, you have Trey Lance play. Like, I still believe this team's just too good everywhere. Um, so like they're gonna go twelve in games. Thirteen and five, I think. Is, Thirteen and four, I mean, is gonna depend on how they fare against like the Ravens, the Bengals, the Steelers, the Jags. I don't think they're gonna go four and zero in those games, but you know, if they go three and one, then like thirteen and four is, is looking real sweet. Well, so, I, yeah, I, I, and they, they're gonna give me eleven and a half at plus one fifty. Like those are really good odds on Caesars for them to get twelve wins. I just don't see them getting less than twelve. Well, I already said last week that there's no way in hell that the Bengals go into the Bay and beat the Niners. So you did say that. So I did say that, and I'm going to stick to my guns. Fair, fair. We'll see what happens when we get there. Um, I, you know, it's it's the the team's going to rely on the on the top defense from last year. I expect them to be the same, like Ryan said. Steve Wilkes is there now, so it's like you move from Jamaica Ryan to an older version of Jamaica Ryan. So like Steve Wilkes is just a more seasoned guy, and and to me. How he turned Carolina around after they got rid of Matt Rule to have Carolina on the doorstep of the playoffs again with like good pieces, and now he goes to the Niners who have better pieces. Like I just think like they're like everyone that's on the Carolina that's like have just better versions of them in San Francisco. So it's like all right, look what Steve Wilkes did there. Uh, so I, I take I'm taking the over on everything, and I will be. Take, going to the bank when they win their 12th game of the season uh, and cashing in that, that plus 150, which is really nice. Um, but I've talked to my acquisitions. You know, Ryan O'Ryan mentioned Hargrave. We know he had an absolute stupid year last year, 60 tackles, 11 sacks, two fumble recoveries, two pass deflections, a forced fumble. Got the bag, like I said, just makes that D-line so much. Here's a guy that I – cheap deal, one year, $2.5 million. He's been, at this point, I would call a major bust for being a top-five pick. But I don't know why, Ryan. I feel like he's going to he's gonna somehow just, like, be good. People are like, wow, maybe he isn't a bust. Maybe it was just that he was in Oakland in Vegas. And that's Cleveland Farrell. Oh, dear God. Well, shout-out John Gruden for that pick. Oh, shout-out, which made no sense. I mean, we all liked Cleveland Farrell, but... Pick, at, picking, picking him at four is just insane. It just doesn't make any sense. But I, I do – he's going to a situation where he's not going to be, like, the supposed to be the guy, which he was kind of expected to be. He's Like you said, they're going to rotate. And I don't know. I'm just feeling like he's going to have his best year. Because if not, his, his career is over. Like, this is kind of – I know it's crazy. He's drafted 2019. So, it's like he wasn't drafted that long ago. Um, but he has to figure it out. Because if not, like, see ya. You're done. And it's just sad to say. But I do think going to the Bay is going to be the best thing for him. Um, you know, he didn't really play great last year. Two sacks, 22 tackles, two pass deflections, nothing nothing eye-popping. I mean, we know it's Max Crosby's defense. Uh, but now he's going to be playing around better players. You know, overall, just better unit. 
I'm ho- I'm pulling for the guy because I-, I liked him a lot in college. That Clemson, I thought he was an absolute monster. It was a freak at Clemson. I I just I, I don't want to see a guy with like all this talent not make it. But to me, this is it. This is your make or break. And, and so, like you know, you say, oh, look what Samson Abuka did last year. Uh, there's no reason that Farrell can't put up those numbers in the rotation. Like there's just not because like he's going to be with that second unit and he'll have the opportunities to play because they're going to rotate and, and keep guys fresh. I mean, if I remember correctly, like, he's pretty good in the run game, isn't he? He's a pretty good run-stopper, which is actually something that the Niners at times last year did struggle, struggle. with. Yeah, I mean, just ask the Eagles. the Eagles game. So, like, Farrell, for a guy who was so good in, like, the pass rushing and stuff like that, he has been better in the run in his career versus the what he was so dominant in college at. So, we'll see. Going to go to some departures. You know, I mentioned Mitch McGlinsky and how he was a longtime Niner. And I know they found a, a guy, you know, Dyer Brown's going to fill this role. But I just want to point out Jimmy Ward. I, I just have like a soft spot in my heart for Jimmy Ward. I The guy has gone through some really rough things in his, from injuries. But just like longtime Niner, like finally looked like he got the injuries behind him. I mean, he had a good campaign last year. Uh, three picks, five pass deflections, 50 tackles. But again, he only played 12 games. So he, didn't, he couldn't even play full season. So he's going to go down to Houston with D'Amico Ryan. I hope he, you know, all the best down there. But it's just to me, you hope that these other young guys can figure the system out. Like Jimmy knew the system well. Like he knew it by the back of his hand. And, you know, it was just nice out there in the secondary that could kind of fix when they had broken plays. But, again, I think they'll find that production in, in a combination of Brown and some other guys. Another guy I want to put out there, because, again, you talk about this rotation, and it's just sad because, like, he was the third linebacker always. It was always everyone talking about that about uh, Drake Greenlaw and Fred Warner and how fantastic they are. Kind of people forget about Aziz Alshar. Again, solid year, 44 tackles, a formal recovery. And again, you think, oh, those aren't great numbers, Dave. But again, he's he's not he's your third linebacker. And he's I'm also like, behind the best linebacker. Like, the- like Fred Warner's the best linebacker, and Trey Glenlar maybe third, fourth. Like they're they're both top seven linebackers, top top six. So like it wasn't uh oh he didn't play well or that like it's just there was a lack of getting on the field. Like he got when he got on the field he did things, but just they didn't rotate out their top two linebackers as much. So like other linebackers had to rotate within that third spot. So, it, it, again, it's just a guy who I think it could it could be weird, but I think you may feel it more if or, like, when they have a rotation that he would normally be in on and, like, you know, they have a big play that doesn't get stopped or, say, Greenlaw gets banged up or Warner gets banged up. Again, it's, it's all speculation. It's more like uh, only time will tell. So, we'll have to see what happens. But this is going to lead me to my draft picks. And ironically, they did draft a linebacker in the sixth round, pick 212, who I, I think is that. absolutely a beast. I hate this man. You, well, Ryan I hates this man because this man no, is destroyed yeah. Michigan. This kid's an absolute animal. It's just he just happened to play the game of his life against Michigan in the Bowl. So, Well, he I'll say who that is. Mr. D. Winters from TCU. Undersized. I get it. He's only 5'11". Most linebackers are not 5'11". You know, you think of uh, most of them are like 6'2", 6'3". They're just bigger guys. Now, Winters is still a big dude at 5'11". He just doesn't have the height. But he does have some decent speed. Um, it makes me think of the guy over in Philadelphia who is from uh, Georgia who didn't really play much last year just because they were so deep. But this year, he's going to be expected to play. Um, Dean? Yes. I don't... Expect Winters to play a ton this year, but like he is going to learn behind two of the best linebackers in the business. One being, in my opinion, the best linebacker in the business, in fact, Warner. Um, but I mean, like Winters had a season tackle, seven and a half sacks, and a pick six. Against who, Ryan? Don't say it, Dave. You know what? Against that Michigan team. Keep going. Um, again, he's going to have to fight to get on the field, but I think he will get some playing time. I just think that the six-round pick, it's like, all right, here's some more depth. So here's the depth that you, know, you let your hair go. Here's the depth to fill it. Or you let Mbuka go. Here's the depth to fill it. So, it, again, if he can learn the system, which he'll, he's behind two really good guys, I think he'll be fine. Here's the other guy that they picked. 
I really I actually like this pick a lot because of just the the past couple of years with this position group. And that's Cameron Latu, tight end from Bama. It, they get some depth at the tight end position. What does Kyle Shanahan do? He does a lot of like two tight end sets. And we know they have the all pro all world player in George Kittle when he's on the field. But what's George Kittle's biggest problem? He gets nicked up a lot because he just throws his body around like he's a WWE wrestler. I Actually, you know what? I'm going to stop you real quick because this is going to be my – I know, Dave, you said hot take before. This is my hot take for the episode. If George Kittle had Patrick Mahomes, he would be better than Travis Kelsey. Well, George Kittle does everything. George, I mean, George Kittle still had a good year last year. But I'm not... saying, if George Kittle was in that offense, he would be the best tight end in the NFL. Okay. Well, he's not, and he's playing for the Niners, and he's still pretty damn good. Um, yeah, he's, he's too. He's too. And, again, I just like because Latu brings depth. Also, he had a pretty solid career at Alabama. You know, he didn't have any stats his first two years. So, in his last two seasons, 56 catches, 787 yards, and 12 touchdowns. Pretty pretty solid, to be completely honest. People go, oh, that's not that great. Well, we saw guys get picked in the second round who had 15 yards of receiving in their career. So, I don't want to hear anything. And right now, he is tied in three because he's behind Charlie Woner, who had zero stats last year. So, like, I think Lachi's got a chance to jump him. And if not, we, again, know that there's just some injury history with Kittle. And and we do know that Shanahan likes to run multiple tight ends. So, like, I'm not super worried about is Lachi going to be in the field. I think he will. And I think he's a good player. I think he kind of fits this system well. And obviously, they're looking to make a run back to the playoffs and to the Super Bowl and, you know, not to have the outcome that happened this past NFC Championship happen to them. And that actually leads me, Ryan, because I already went over the over-under, into the final team in this division. And that is the Seattle Seahawks. Their over-under is 8.5 on FanDuel, minus 142, and plus 110 on Caesars, over-under 9. Their biggest addition, not close, is it's Draymond Jones. Three years, $51.52 million deal. Most of that being front-loaded, by the way. So this like first year is going to be like, oh, God, he's paying a, a lot of money for him. But then it will get cheaper as year two and three. Had a great season with them last year. 47 tackles, a fumble, six and a half sacks. And he's just looking at like an upgrade to this D-line that we haven't talked about in the past. and just has had issues stopping the run. Like We know they have a good back four especially with like drafting Debra with this and all that, they're going to have a good back four, but their front seven's been weak. So it's an upgrade for that D-line that couldn't stop the run last year and couldn't really get much pressure. So uh, it should help. And this actually leads to the second pick they got from the Packers, which is Jaron Reed, the former Seahawk, who had his best seasons, by the way, in Seattle. Um, you know, it's the last two years he was at the Chiefs, two years ago with the Packers last year. Didn't he played okay with the Packers, 44 tackles, two NAF sacks. He was rotating behind Kenny Clark. And, um, you know, you hope he'll be better in 18 and 20. When, like, in 2018, he had 10 NAF sacks. 2020, he had six and a half sacks. And he's also very good at stopping the run and help fix the run defense. That was bottom three in running. It's kind of funny because all those teams that, you know, were bad in running, uh, stopping the rush, don't know when they make the playoffs. Seattle did. I mean, Seattle gave up 150 rushing yards a game. I just think of when they played Carolina and – I just remember they couldn't stop the run. Carolina had to have 280 rushing yards on them. And that's when it didn't matter who was touching the ball. If it was Hubbard or, or um, they got, either. They just couldn't stop the run. So, like, that should help. I do have to mention uh, some departures. Quentin Jefferson going to the Jets. He was one of the only bright spots on that front seven last year. Because uh, I said defense, but it's more front seven. So they did find some studs in the secondary and he had 29 tackles five and a half sacks six tackles for loss um i just don't love it you let quit jefferson go just because there's depth and we already saw they couldn't really stop a nosebleed last year in the front seven so you bring in jones and you bring in reed to help fix those problems but now he they have no backup there like i would have liked to keep jefferson i get it they probably did they kept jefferson they wouldn't have brought both of them in i i understand i i just I don't know. I think he's pretty solid. And this leads to the second guy that they lost, which was Shelby Harris. Um, not eye-popping numbers, 44 tackles, two sacks, four pass deflections. But again, like I said, it's just more depth. It's like the line, they just said, all right, we're going to let go of, of Shelby Harris, and we're going to let go of 
Quentin Jefferson and we're going to bring in Draymond Drones and Jalen Reed and just hope that those two work better than the two we had. To me, it's like you didn't, you don't get a ton. I do think Draymond Jones is the best of the four guys there. So I think you'll be upgraded just because he's better, younger. But like, Jalen Reed is not that young anymore. Jalen Reed's in his 30s. Like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's going to not make a huge difference because you let go guys who were there. But my favorite draft pick, Ryan, I know I always talk about my favorite guy is Xavier Hutchinson, but this is my favorite draft pick because this story is just heartwarming. The addition of Derek Hall, if you haven't seen his story, basically his short summary of it, he was born four months premature. He was supposed to die, and every single day, like, it's his last day, and he continued to, they wake up every morning, he was still alive. Um, and then, again, he went from almost dying for months as a child to becoming one of the best defensive ends in the nation. And I will say ESPN, if you haven't seen it, they did a story on it called Miracle. It will bring you to tears. It was phenomenal. Why does ESPN want to make people cry? I just don't understand. Because they find these stories, man. I was watching that. I, I was tearing like, up. I was like, it was so good. It was like, like Yes, it's obviously, it's heartwarming and it's incredible. This is an unbelievable story, but it's like, I don't want to cry, you know? Like, I'm, you're beyond happy for this kid, but it's just Big like, boys do cry, Why? Big boys they do. do cry. Why? They do. They do. Um, now we're going back to Hall's playing time. Out of a great career at Auburn, man. 146 tackles, 29 and a half tackles for loss, and 19 and a half sacks. Really good numbers, man. Um, he's just got an absolute great motor. He should actually help them in the pass rush game. So, Jeremy Jones is good. Jeremy's good. You know, you, I would hope Reed's going to help with the running, uh, rushing attack. Jones can get pressure, as we know. I think that's a big reason that you brought you, you draft Hall is because he's got that like motor. He's got like that Dietrich Wise motor from for those New England fans. Who just go go go? Always going, always going. So I think that should give a little spark to that defense in that front seven. But now I'm going to move on to the second pick that they had from a draft perspective that I think is actually kind of a low key pickup, and it was uh, Zach Charbonnet. How do you say his last name, Brian? Zach Charbonnet. Fun fact: Charbonnet. Zach Charbonnet started at the University of Michigan. Yeah, it's kind of funny. A lot of these guys did. And they never found out and they went somewhere else and were a lot better. Hmm. Oh, because they weren't good enough to play for us, but it's okay. Okay. Well, we know Rashad Penny and Travis Homer both gone. So it's like, all right, well, now there's no, you know, you have Kenneth Walker, who's really good at football, but like, who's, who's his backup? Well, Charbonnet was nothing but just a great pick. <laughs> this time it's UCLA, by the way. <laughs> Stupid year, man. Kind of how I mentioned earlier about John Gaines and the great time he did there working. Uh, to block for Charbonnet. Charbonnet in his two years had 24, almost 2,500 yards. He was four yards short, 2,500 yards, 27 touchdowns, only 396 touches. So, like, a lot of yards for not, like, like people think, all oh, 400 touches. Yeah, but that's over two years. You got guys who get 350 touches in a season. And, side note, he actually can catch the football pretty well. Uh, he had 61 catches for 518 yards over those two years as well. Yeah, not not the dual threat that a Jameer Gibbs or B. John Robinson is, but can still do that. Well, Kenneth Walker's work in progress on catching the football. Also, he just doesn't fumble the football. He had one fumble in the last two years. That's really impressive, to be completely that honest. That is impressive because he had, he had like a guy who was a workhorse, who was a known workhorse. He had the drop season before UCLA. I will say that. Oh, guess what? He had a fix when he went to UCLA. He did. He did. He and listen, he's an absolute. He was an absolute stallion for that team. He ran all over Pac-12 teams. Oh, he was. He did only. He's only the fifth or sixth UCLA history to have more than one thousand yard season. And it's like he went there and just took over. So again, that's a really good pick because he will be on the field because he's wide running back too. And like you got to have someone to offset Kenneth Walker. You don't need to have Kenneth Walker touch the ball. 300 times a season. So, like, this is a great guy who can do it in both aspects, running and receiving. So, I, I think that's a lot. With over-under, they went 9-8 last year. And you're giving me the over-unders at 8.5 and, and 9 again. I like. I know their defense has still got question marks. Their back four should be really good. So, like, they should do well there. It comes down to can they stop the run. Their offense is better. And, like, Geno Smith, he's here to write back some more. So, like, 
I I take it the over eight and a half a thousand percent. I mean, you're gonna give me eight and a half. I know that's a little bit of juice. The nine is plus one ten. Yeah, okay, I'll take the nine. I'll I'll, I mean, I'll take the plus odds because like I don't see this team going worse than nine and eight. Like, I, to me, it'd be kind of crazy. Like, like I think ten and seven is. I think nine and eight is like what they're gonna go. So like I get the nine pushes, but whatever, you get your money back. The ten and seven, I think, is is also very possible, but it's gonna really depend on how they do versus the North. Unlike the Rams or the Cardinals, who I think may go zero and four against the North, Seattle does have the team ability to beat maybe not the Bengals or or the Ravens, but I think they could beat the Steelers and the Browns. But time will tell. Ryan, that's all I got. What you got in the Seattle Seahawks? So I'm gonna jump right into it. Now, you said the biggest addition for the Seattle Seahawks was Draymond Jones. Uh, My biggest addition for them is one of the leaders of the Legion of Boom in Bobby Wagner. And he is back in Seattle. Now, Was he really, though, part of the Legion of Boom? He was more of a middle linebacker. He was still a part of it. Well, we know what he did last year on a bad team. Part of that defense, and that defense was stupid. So, um, Legion of Boom by association. How about that? I agree to disagree. You know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna move on because you did bring him up before. But Seattle brings in their stud Obro linebacker. You're gaining 140 tackles. Like it's just production. You can't copy. And they also added another linebacker position where they were kind of weak in last year. Devin Bush out of the University of Michigan as well. And the Pittsburgh Seals were talking about last Pittsburgh. week. Yep. Had 81, sa- 81 sacks. Oh my God. 81 tackles for the Steelers last year. And I think he's going to fit right in next to Bobby Wagner. Again, two guys who can play sideline to sideline. Seahawks really filled the needs that they really struggled with last season. And I think, you know, it, it's going to help them down, down the, the stretch, you know, the, the dog days of the season. Two draft picks I really like for this team as well. JSN or Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State University. The Buckeyes. Shut up. Don't ever say that again, please. At least not like that. I will always say it like that. So, JSN in one full season, uh, his production was just unrivaled. 13 games, 1,600 yards, broke a Rolls Bowl receiving record. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see him last year that much due to a nagging hamstring injury. But, you know what? This might be my other hot take of the episode. Can't have too many of those, man. It's supposed to be like one per episode. You're already no. giving out 17 hot takes. I think two. You gave me the other hot take. It doesn't work like that. Oh. I have Seattle has the best one, two, three combo at the wide receiver position in the NFL. Well, let's see if they, uh, if JSN transitions to the NFL like every other Ohio State wide receiver has, pretty much, if except for like. Plays like he did his sophomore season at Ohio State. They will have the best one, two, three wide It won't receiver. even be a question. Won't even be a question. Now, can he? Don't know. I'm assuming he's going to be healthy. He's basically had almost a full year to get this, you know, hamstring injury down. Now, my next draft pick is a two-parter. And the first part of this pick, or of this two parts, is the center out of the University of Michigan, I believe drafted in the fifth round, Alessa Gunn Oluwatimi. Olua Timmy was a member of the Joe Moore Award winning unit at Michigan for the best offensive line in the country. He also won the Outland Award for the best center in college football. Uh, I think Olua Timmy has a good chance to come in and start and be that to be the center for Geno Smith. Now, the second part of this two-parter is Michael Morris. Michael Morris, the motor, I guess you can say, behind... I shouldn't say the motor. He was the senior anchor to the Michigan defense last year. He had 11 tackles for loss and and 7.5 sacks. It just gives another guy 
coming off the edge in Seattle to get pressure to quarterbacks in the NFC West. And realistically, it's you're going to have to get pressure against San Francisco. That's really the only team that they should be worried about. As I said before, I do think they get a game against the Niners. So that's one win in the division. And I do also see them going 4-0 against your Cardinals and Rams. So that's five and one right there. That's five and one right there. Again, it's hard to go six and zero against your division. It rarely happens, and if it does, then good for you. I know the Chiefs do it a lot, but that's because the, the the AFC West has been in shambles for a few years. But plus, you have coaches that don't know how to coach. But well, we'll we'll get into that. We'll get into that next week. So stay tuned for that one. Looking at their schedule, I'm going to take the over eight and a half. I see this team going nine and eight again, and obviously with the NFC being as weak as it is, the NFC is very top heavy. So your your two best teams in the NFC are you know they're the step above everyone else, and then you have your wild card teams. So I think you're going to be around nine wins for the Seahawks, and you're going to get. Probably the first wild card spot, I think. But I'll take the over eight and a half. I'm not going to take the nine because it's not worth. I don't think it's really worth. Plus money, plus but, money. And if you really want to, yeah, you can throw it on that. But again, I think ten and seven. I think ten and seven is the ceiling. Like I, I get, like, yeah. like they do put the north, and like they could go zero and four versus the the AFC North. They could, but that's really all I have for the Seahawks. Dave, do you have any? Final comments on. Well, I just got my division rankings and one quick little note. Our division rankings, I'm pretty sure, exactly the same: the Niners, the Seahawks, the Rams, and the Cardinals. This one, this one's pretty easy to kind of to kind of judge. So, I do have one quick little note, though. I will say, it's kind of a cool note. Um, Eagles practice squad wide receiver Devin Allen just finished fourth in the world championship at the 110 meter. It's pretty pretty neat. We could fly. Yeah, he was a, a track and football star at Oregon back in the mid-2010s uh, and then kind of stopped playing football to go run track for, you know, Team USA at the Olympics. So he's not trying football out, and he's currently playing for the Eagles. I said that's pretty good. I'd say so, too. But that's all I got today, Ryan. Do you have anything else? No, I'm good. All right. Well, thank you, as always. Please follow us on our Instagram at Picks and Picks. Please follow us on Spotify, Apple. Give us some likes, share us, give us a five star rating, and uh, email us any topics you want to talk about. And uh, I guess on that note, my name is Dave, and I'm Ryan. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. And as always, oink oink. <laughs>